This is a Stimulus Network podcast. Most of the changes that happen in the brain happen much earlier than people expect, but it's always continually developing and changing throughout the lifespan. People that have higher cardiometabolic risk and higher BMI and cholesterol and, and stuff like this, or uh, poorer cardiometabolic health in general, they tend to have uh, brains that are aging faster. Having bad health of the body contributes to bad health of the brain, essentially. Welcome to Inside the Petri Dish, the podcast that puts science under the microscope. I'm Alice Gray, and for this episode, we're joined by Dr. Danny Beck, a neuroscientist in Oslo, Norway. His research focuses on lifestyle factors and physical changes that influence brain health throughout our lifespans. We see changes throughout the entire lifespan. That's kind of the exciting part. It starts already when you're in the womb and already before you're at an age of 10, already so many metrics and markers that we investigate using magnetic resonance imaging have already been determined in a way. You've already developed. It's, it's really throughout adolescence and the pubertal development stage and early adulthood uh, that these things kind of plateau. Most of the changes that happen in the brain happen much earlier than people expect and at like a steeper trajectory. And then in adulthood, the brain keeps changes and most of that change, especially in late adulthood, is seen as negative because it's, it's uh, mostly atrophy and, and, and loss. But it's always continually developing and changing throughout the lifespan. The brain is made from grey and white matter. These two parts of the brain are usually investigated through uh, magnetic resonance imaging with different markers uh, from from the MRI scanner. Uh, and if you look at metrics from the uh, white matter regions of the brain, then we usually see that these things show that we're developing and, and increasing in, in, in white matter until uh, early adulthood at around the age of 25. Uh, whereas if you look at grey matter, it's a bit different because on the outside of the cortex, the grey matter that we see really at the, the edge and the outskirts of the brain. Uh, the metrics that we get from the MRI uh, for these measures of, of grey matter, these happen much earlier, uh, or at least they stop uh, plateauing at a much earlier age, even like around puberty. Uh, and after that, they keep decreasing all the way from puberty and, and our teenage years towards old age. But the interesting distinction here is that in adolescence and in early adulthood, uh, even up until 25, this decrease is actually just what's called pruning, which is where the brain, it's weird. It's almost like uh, imagining worker bees getting different jobs. And pruning is basically the brain putting our neurons to work. And for the ones that keep doing certain jobs, they stick around and kind of keep those jobs and work and they strengthen their connections and uh, and build uh, networks and, and circuits. And for the ones that don't really get put to any work and, and don't have anything to do, they just disappear. And so this is really what happens in the brain when we see it 
through the MRI scanner is that the, the gray matter is actually uh, what, what's called cortical thickness. It actually starts thinning uh, in adolescence, and this is known as pruning. And that's not a negative thing. It's a great thing uh, for, our, for adolescents. But in adulthood, in contrast, uh, this is usually associated with cognitive decline uh, and atrophy. Uh, so the brain is actually shrinking when we get older, and, and that's just the process of, of, of getting old. The normal trajectory uh, is that physiologically, uh, your brain experiences some shrink uh, shrinkage. So, so your cortices are going to thin the gray matter and white matter in, in your brain, uh, and the connections between them uh, is going to probably send information a bit slower. So if you imagine like this electrical circuit sending quick electricity through from one side of a, a wire to the other, I mean, you can tell I'm not an electrician here, <laughs> but if you imagine that um, the speed of that traveling electricity goes a bit slower when you're older. When this information processing speed slows down, uh, this information highway that's similar to this electrical signal going by, it has knock-on effects on the way our brain thinks. So as an example, the brain doesn't just shrink, but we start to maybe forget a few details, need more time when we form sentences and recall memory, uh, think of people's names. Sometimes we, we jumble words together. And um, I think it just generally the computing power just goes a bit down uh, but that's on general level I mean the between differences between people will be massively different for everyone and some people uh, function very highly even at a very old age while others show uh, these kind of symptoms which are related to dementia quite uh, early on and experience cognitive decline already in their 50s uh, so there's there's huge variability between people. Uh, my PhD, we looked at cardiovascular uh, and metabolic risk factors, which are basically uh, factors that uh, if you have one or more that are associated with a vascular event, uh, they're known as cardiovascular risk factors. These can be things like smoking or high BMI, cholesterol, uh, triglyceride levels, which is like fat in the blood, diabetes. So th there's a whole host of, of risk factors. And you can just imagine, you know, these are factors associated with the health of our bodies. And so what I did was study how these are associated with the brain's structure and function and health. What we found and what other researchers have found that have looked into this is that people that have higher cardiometabolic risk and higher BMI and cholesterol and, and stuff like this or uh, poorer cardiometabolic health in general, they tend to have uh, brains that are aging faster. Having bad health of the body contributes to bad health of the brain essentially. The, the good thing here is many of these factors are malleable, uh, which means you can interact with them. So we can actually improve um, our cardiovascular risk and so our brain health. A lot of these things are, of course, dependent on the kind of lifestyle that we're able to live. Uh, some of this list of list of things that would improve your brain health is it almost sounds like this twelve-step guide on how to live better. Uh, and really, when you look at the environmental and socioeconomic differences between people and between countries and 
you know, people that live in situations that are uh, where they face more adversity and, and, and environmental struggles. Of course, we have to take these things into account. So uh, bear with me <laughs> if, you, uh, if these things sound a bit privileged, uh, I, I guess. Uh, with that in mind, uh, I think it's one thing would be exercise. This is probably something most people can have access to in some way, shape or form. And exercise definitely helps with nearly every cardiometabolic risk factor. Diet is an important thing as well. And I mean, these things are all associated and the knock-on effect of exercise and diet will no doubt influence your uh, cardiometabolic health. So by doing just those two things as an example, you probably already will reduce your cholesterol and the fat in your blood, your triglyceride levels, uh, your glucose most likely, uh, which could affect your risk of diabetes. If I try and phrase it in a way that's less sounding like a doctor, uh, I guess just doing like a hobby and keeping in touch with being creative is also just as good as advice as anyone else can give. Smoking was one of the things that, that came up the most, along with blood pressure. If any listeners aren't familiar with brain age, which is one way of, of, of investigating the brain, I can quickly summarize it. Uh, it's like a machine learning algorithm tool that I use during my PhD. Uh, and it's, uh, I think, really interesting. So what it does is it allows you uh, to train a machine learning algorithm by feeding it MRI scans of numerous people's brains. And along with these images that you feed it of people's brains, you also give it the age uh, of the individual. Uh, and then this machine basically learns what a brain looks like throughout the lifespan based on the MRI characteristics that it has from the images. And that's like the first step, the training step. The next thing that you do is you give it your test sample, which is you know, a whole host of MRI scans of people without this age tag. And based on its training, it makes a prediction of how old it thinks it is. Uh, so what we found is that this model can predict age with really high accuracy. Um, and that there's this thing called the brain age gap, which you calculate by looking at this model's prediction, which for example, for us, maybe it would predict that uh, our brains look 37 and 39 years old. And then you take that and you take the difference from your chronological age, which is the reality that we're in our early 30s, and your brain age gap would basically be that you have uh, a positive uh, or higher brain age gap, which isn't positive, because it would indicate that your brain looks older than what it is. So when you look at this model uh, or use it in line with cardiometabolic risk factors, which is what I did, you see that smoking, uh, as one example, uh, leads to an older looking brain. And of course, what we know is that an older looking brain uh, structurally uh, is associated with negative scores on cognitive tests and memory tests and IQ tests and, uh, and, and, and those things are associated with uh, onsets of dementia and, and cognitive decline.